Many aspire to reach the upper echelon of the healthcare industry, but few are able to successfully navigate the corporate ladder. In this fortnightly series, C-Suite Partners sits down with international healthcare executives, asking the tough questions and unpacking the personalities of the top industry leaders. Welcome to the boardroom. Thank you for joining C-Suite Partners in the boardroom. Always a pleasure. Talk me through your career to date, up till today. Well, I, I didn't start in the healthcare industry. Mm-hmm. I was uh, in a B2B business, in the ports and logistics and, sh- and uh, shipping business. Mm-hmm. I spent uh, close to almost 20 years in that industry. And then, um, as luck would have it, I had the opportunity to move into healthcare services. I was approached actually by a search firm. I knew, I knew nothing about healthcare at that time, but it intrigued me a lot. So I've been involved in the healthcare scene for probably a good uh, seven, seven, eight years. So you're an advocate of the look outside of the healthcare <laughs> industry to, to bring in experience that is really going to, I suppose, navigate the way through the challenges over the next 10, 20 years. I, I think it's useful to have people outside um, provide a new perspective. Um, but I would also say knowing the industry has a lot of advantages. Yes. There's a lot of nuances in this industry, especially in Southeast Asia. Uh, this is an industry or the private sector part of it uh, is, is still um, in its uh, early stage of development. I mean, for example, if you were to start a network of private hospitals in Vietnam, you could obviously look at the talent pool within Vietnam, but most of the talent pool would come from people who have run public hospitals. Mm-hmm. And that's a very different model from what you want to advocate as a private sector player. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other alternative, obviously, is to look for people with private experience, private healthcare experience from outside of Vietnam. But if you wanted someone who understood the country, understood the nuances of the culture, mm-hmm. you, would, you would look at people from outside the industry. I'm interested in the entrepreneurial CEO mindset to the corporate CEO mindset. What's the big difference there for you? You work a whole lot harder when you're an entrepreneur. Okay. You've got a lot more at stake. And when I say a lot more at stake, it's not just financial. It's also emotional because it becomes your own, mm. right? You have relied on your moral standing or your gravitas to either recruit people or get people to support you sure. or find partners. So I think the stakes are a whole lot different. It's much higher, Yes. much more stressful. Yes. But I also think that if you have chosen this path, it must mean that you, you really feel passionate about it. You really believed in it. One of the key things that every single founder of a business says is that the founder always cares more than the rest of the staff. Although they're coming along for the journey, yeah. how, do, how do you manage that when you're sometimes a little bit too enthusiastic? Idea, so yeah, I, I, I'm very guilty of that because you, you, you tend to then think that everybody is like you. Mm. Uh, in the early part of my career, I actually hated one of my bosses because he was an extremely entrepreneurial, passionate about the business person, but he would insist and, when, and because he was so, so into the work that he would have meetings on weekends. Yes. Right, because that's what, that's what he lived for. Mm-hmm. I've fallen into the trap of trying to do some things like that and I have to stop myself because I have to learn that not everyone may think the same way as I do. Mm. So you've you got, you got to sort of pull yourself back into yes. some of these things 
Um, I think that's quite important. Um, but equally important is then find people who think similar to you, feel the same level of passion, feel the same level of excitement as what you're doing. But it takes hell of a lot of discipline to do that. What about a moment where you're in your CEO position that you felt overwhelmed? Do you remember a moment, a project, yes. a contract, a joint venture? This was probably not in my healthcare days. Mm. This is when I was still in the shipping and ports business. I took over as president of the company in 2008, just when the crisis, financial crisis, mm. starting to unravel. I have the distinction of probably the CEO net in history to have lost the most money in one year. I calculated that we lost about a million bucks US a day. Wow. Yeah, that's a huge one, right? Um, I came in when the crisis was happening. I obviously got before your time, but you're still responsible. Yes. But you had to make a lot of very difficult decisions. We were at a point where, one, we had to cut costs, restructure many arrangements, agreements, mm -hmm go negotiate with customers, clients, renegotiate terms, terms with vendors. Mm -hmm. It was overwhelming. It was a lot. Shareholders were worried. Uh, they were very concerned. Mm. Uh, and I think the most difficult part for me was this was a company that I had almost grown up with. I'd spent around that 15 years in the company. And knowing that I had to let go of some people was, was tough. Mm. Uh, there was a lot of emotion. Uh, but I'm proud to say that we, we, we did it in the most fairest way we could find. Uh, but not, not easy. And it's those times that you, you wish there was a lot more people around yeah. you to, to, to help you navigate the ways. Hey, Mang, thank you very much for spending time with C-Suite Partners in the boardroom. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.